Well, welcome back everyone to Everybody Knows Everything. It's been such a treasure to see folks weighing in on our Facebook page, our social media site, sharing what you're feeling and what's going on in your own family as you listen and explore the possibilities we're exploring here in our conversations. Um, several folks weighed in, thank you so much, with specific examples of things they've tried over the Martin Luther King holiday. A couple of highlights that were just so beautiful. Um, Sarah B. shared that as she was listening to one of King's speeches in her home, her two-year-old asked her, Mama, is this church? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and another family, Cassie, she said that just exploring a little bit about King's um, history and his story really resonated with her four-year-old so much so that they wanted to hang up a picture of him in their home. They wanted to color before bed, color some pictures and hang up those images in their home so they can see. And I, we've received so many affirming and beautiful stories of all the ways that we can connect um, through the microphone, <laughs> through the virtual plane. So thank you all. Please keep sharing. We're so thrilled to have you. So today, Michelle's still here. <laughs> She's I here. Give, can I give a shout out to somebody who communicated Please. about the Mighty Times Children's, the Children's March, um, which I, we didn't talk about in the podcast, but no. we posted and we had families um, respond and say that they actually watched the film with their older kids who really saw the relationship between children and Dr. King that most adults don't know about and how children were the ones who actually desegregated those schools because Dr. King couldn't get anybody to show up. And so I wanted to thank those families who actually took the time to watch a film like that with their kids. Yes. Um, that really um, was a wonderful thing for me to see. So thank you, all of you who shared that you watched that film and talked with your kids about that. Thank you. Well, one um, connected piece from the last time we talked and through what was shared on social media was just what Michelle was saying, talking about stories, the way we present figures to children, the way we can start to talk about not only famous figures like King in our home, but also the way we tell stories about ourselves, our own families, and all kinds of people. <laughs> and so it is, we have a special guest Yay. here with <laughs> us this evening. Oh, Titiana has graciously agreed to come and to share her story, share not just her story, share many stories because she is a, a published author of many children's books and just a light in our community who I've only had the privilege of meeting for the first time tonight. <laughs> she and Michelle go way back and have yes. had meaningful connections for years. Yes. It's my honor to meet you tonight. Thank you. My honor to meet you as well. So thank you. And I'm going to interject that because I don't think I told you this, Mandy, but actually Titiana is not just an author, performer, etc. But these are these. She's a publisher. 
So she has her oh. own publishing company. Oh my gosh. Which is, <laughs> with, which is Honey Tree Honey Tree Publishing. We will be posting on the Facebook page a lot about her books and her work because she also can come and do work with children in your your faith-based community and your school community. She is somebody who can bring many different resources and pieces. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that and keep an eye out for the specific things as we post those. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm just so thrilled to be here. And I love Michelle so much. I mean, um, <laughs> me too. I can just talk about her all day. <laughs> yeah. She's an incredible light to the community. And I'm just so thankful to stand right next to her and help her do some good work in this community that we have <laughs> with our children and our, our our the people in our families throughout our community so I'm just thankful and um, I'm, I'm so excited because I have a children's book series Sweet Pea and Sugar Tea's Country Family Adventures and it's a collection of African American poems and uh, they are inspired by the people who um, surrounded me when I was a child and uh, my family, extended family, people in my community from the west end of Louisville, from Detroit, Michigan, in areas where a lot of times they talk about crime and they talk about broken families and they talk about, um, you know, the devastation and poverty stricken uh, people and neighborhoods and, and crime infestation. And, and these communities were places of beauty for me and they still mm. are. Um, Places that um, I wanted to talk about the importance of changing the narratives around those, you know, those conversations. And when I was a young um, girl, I used to read books and these books didn't always have those critical, you know, um, topics in them. They were, you know, a lot of the princess stories and those mm -hmm. princesses. They didn't really look too much like me. And so um, I noticed that early on that, you know, why, why? don't I see somebody who's brown complected who look like me or somebody in my family because everybody in my family is, is you know people of color and we're all we all range from you know very light complected to very dark complected you know and so I never saw that in my books and whenever I did get one it was always one it was always mm. one that I had and it was hard to find. And so I said, mm. you know, I'm going to create those narratives. I'm going to create those books that speak to the real authentic people who are in my lives and who are in our communities. And just earlier today, I was talking about my books with a group of students who were in high school. One actually came into my classroom and she said, I remember you. You taught me at no middle school. Oh, and I said, Oh, I said, Yeah, I said, I remember you. She said, I remember you because you said when these when these girls were talking about my brown skin, you came mm. in and you said she has beautiful brown skin. I love black brown skin. I love black mm. skin. She said, I remember that, and I was like, Wow, like the things that you know you don't realize that you are contributing to. You know that can be life changing. You can contribute to those things and. Um, you really have to, you know, be authentic and be genuine and, you know, let the children know that they are beautiful, that they are loved, that they are genuinely loved. And we have to encourage and support our children and they need more teachers to say those things. You know, mm -hmm. if, if had, you know, if um, 
teachers said those type of things or were, were, you know, a lot of teachers were encouraging in that way, there wouldn't be that kind of conversation happening in the classroom at yes. all, you know. And so a lot of children wouldn't be, you know, in the classroom feeling isolated, feeling um, culturally excluded, you know, feeling as though they're not worthy, you know, and that they don't matter. And so, you know, it's important that whenever I go into a classroom, whenever I'm um, meeting a child, that I'm always letting them know that you are special, that your story deserves to be heard. Whatever you do in this classroom, you can connect it back to your own life, to your own experiences. Um, use your language. Use your first language. Translate mm -hmm. it so we can know how to say your first language. And, you know, um, take us. Use descriptive language and imagery and Create a portrait through your words of where you're from so that we can sit there next to your grandmother so that we can mm -hmm. be in the country that you're from, you know, and, and, you know, we have to have those conversations because our kids are coming into the classroom with back. They're coming in the classroom with backpacks on and their backpacks have a lot of stuff in there that many mm -hmm. times we don't pull out, you know, we don't mm -hmm. pull out those things. And, um, they're falling asleep in class. They want to have negative attention. You know, they are misunderstood. They're isolated. You know, and so we have to be able to reach each child where they are. And it's a big, it's a big, um, you know, objective. It's, 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 a, it's a large um, task. It really is. But you got to be made for it. You, you have to go into those classrooms knowing that you can make a change and that you're there for the right reason, for the right purpose. And so I know that there are a lot of teachers out there like Michelle, yes. who's doing the good work, who is, you know, providing those those comfortable spaces to have these dialogues, even, you know, being in Michelle, one of Michelle's early classes. And I actually um, I was in a class recently with a high school student and I was just talking about my work with the girls at the uh, high school that I was that I was teaching at and they invited me to be a part of a talent show so that I could share oh. my story with the with the girls and with the with the um high school about my experience as a teenager who went through a lot of struggles um but I didn't allow those struggles to stop me from achieving my dreams and my goals and my aspirations I used those struggles as strength um rather than as you know um time of desperation where I would give up. I knew that I had hope. I knew that I had faith. I had a community of other people who were right behind me, supporting me, encouraging me to move on. And so she heard that story and we started talking about writing our own narratives. And she told me that she was in a class. I, I was telling her that I knew a teacher. She was an amazing teacher. And I said, her name is Michelle Hemingway. She said, she used to be my teacher when I was in elementary school. And I said, wow. And she was in the 12th grade. Oh, that's <laughs> She's amazing. in the 12th grade now. So, you know, when you're doing the good work, that's what we were talking about earlier. When you're doing the good work, you know, with the people, you're there, you're grounded, you're walking with them, you're listening to their stories, you're helping, you're encouraging, you're collaborating and not competing, but you're really genuinely co collaborating and giving your heart. Then everybody, we all line up, we all stay, we can all be united and do that work together. And so you you become um, a magnet to that type of passion, mm -hmm. you know, to that type of vision. And the people who are part of that passion and that vision and that movement, they move with you. Mm -hmm. And that spirit attaches to you. So I'm just, I am thankful to be here. And uh, since I've been my, publishing my books, I've had the chance to meet people all over the world 
and to change the narrative, like I said, about yes. people of color and to talk about issues like bullying um, with Biscuit mm -hmm. and the Bully, one mm -hmm. of my characters, um, which talks about the story of the bully and why the bully actually bullies. So it starts off with the perspective of the actual person who's being bullied, oh, the victim. Wow. And then the victim notices that this, you know, little boy is sitting outside of the classroom. He's isolated himself. He's, you know, he's, he's caved into himself. You know, his head is down. And Biscuit, who's the character, he starts to ask him, you know, what's going on? I, what happened? And basically he says, I've been hurt. I've been abused. You know, I've been, he starts telling the story about what happened to him, what, why he, you know, bullies other people and how he's going through a lot in, in his own home. Mm -hmm. And it, that opens up another conversation about, you know, in your own home. Okay. Well, is there violence in the household? You know, people who are hurt often hurt other people. People who are healed often heal other people and they help other people if they're, you know, people who help. So, you know, you have to talk about both sides of the story. And I try to put the, you know, I, I wanted to have a juxtaposition of the bully and the person who was um, the survivor of, of the, um, of the bullies, you know, um, you know, injustices. I wanted to provide that because many times we only tell that single story and we have to tell the whole story of what could happen. And it opens up even a larger conversation about economic um, illiteracy. It also talks about the lack of um, uh, the um, inequity in the uh, trying to get a job, you know, uh, job inequities or um, other issues like domestic, uh, domestic violence or, um, you know, child abuse, those type of things as well. And so there are a lot of other conversations can generate from just the topic of bullying, the topic of violence. Another story that I have, um, you know, is around homelessness and how homie the homelessness, he homeless man, he takes home wherever he goes. He doesn't mm. want any, you know, cash. He just wants a moment of your time to share with you his rhymes. But he does want change. And I ask people, <laughs> what kind of change does he want? He doesn't really want oh. the kind of jingles. He wants the kind that can change the world and That's the money awesome. that jingles will come with it. <laughs> that is so awesome. And he has a superpower. Oh and every, you know, his superpower is that he flies wherever he goes. He takes home wherever he goes. And he's a man of words. So he takes his words with him. He travels. He helps people. And that's his superpower. And so throughout all of my uh, books, throughout my characters, they all are day-to-day -day people, regular people who you find in your own family. You know, Curly Girls, Worldly World. She loves to uh, do chemistry. She loves science. She believes that girls are just as good as boys. You, a girl can do anything as, as much as a boy can do. And uh, she wins all kind of awards. And then you have characters like Cousin Butterbean, who has a birthday bash. And he has a lot of different, you know, um, wishes that he has. He has a lot of <laughs> wishes for his birthday. But the, Ooh, main, <laughs> I love but the it. main wish that he has is for his grandfather to get well soon. Because his grandfather is um, the the the... the oldest person the wise person in the family and he's become ill and so he's the one who tells the story his name is pappy and pappy actually tells the story in volume one and you get a chance to learn a little bit more about him in volume four of um you know how he's just such a important figure in the family um and you have other characters of course um but really just talking about civil rights and talking about love as a religion so I have Reverend mm. shouted out, and his his religion is love. 
and uh, so you know you have him in the church. You also have um, characters like um, Big Mama, who shares her traditions through um, creating her her delicious peach cobbler that she bakes with her grandchild. <laughs> yes, with her family. And she that. has a special ingredient that she shares. And there are a lot of other characters too, but really it's just about embracing family, embracing the community, telling a different narrative. Um, because many times, you know, we, we don't see characters of color in books. Only 2% of books have characters of color in them. And that was the whole purpose of me starting my book publishing company, Honey Tree Publishing, mm -hmm. was so that we could provide more books that kids can be, they can relate to, that they can work out of, that they can see themselves in and know that, hey, I'm important. My story is important. I can write my story too. Oh, this person reminds me of somebody in my family, in my community. This person reminds me of me. Yes. You know, and so being able to teach lessons within those stories was very important for me as well because I knew that that was something that I, I it was hard for me to find growing up. And, uh, you know, just with the, the violence that we see on television and just the narratives that constantly bombard us. You know, just earlier today, I was working with a student, and he I was telling him about my travels to South Africa and how when I went to South Africa, it was one of the most beautiful places I'd ever been. It was like being in California, New York, and Miami all in one. <laughs> and he said, what? He said, I thought, he, and then he just went on, and he, he started telling me about these images that he see, you know, that we, that we all see um, that have become dominant narratives, you know, that are unrealistic. Um, and that are really untrue, you know, to certain communities, to the main community. It's not a mainstream look. You know, the continent is not one mainstream look. There are many cultures, many languages. There are many types of villages and communities and that are rural, that are city, that are suburban. There are so many different, um, you know, histories within those communities that need to be honored and need to be recognized but many times we only see that one single story that yes. you know a lot of people end up buying and our children are the victims of it and then exactly. they 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 buy into it they yes. buy into it and nothing else no one is challenging it no yes. one challenges it no one talks about it and I think that's the utter magic of what you capture here first of all I mean what I could listen to you tell the oh. stories and I know on our on this episode yes. we want to hear you read some of your work for yes. sure because I know a lot of the folks listening are struggling with the the key thing they're grappling with is yes. how do I communicate mm -hmm. these complex realities to our children and yes. what Michelle and I hear you saying that I'm learning myself is that it's less about sitting down and sort of giving a talking to right. about complex mm -hmm. realities. It's about telling the stories and showing children, yes. as you said. Yes. Like, it's about <laughs> it's yes. sharing those, those narratives and heritages yes. and talking about those um, lived experiences that are so relatable. Yes. You know, because who doesn't have a beloved person that at some point yeah. in their life they'll lose or the yeah. different who they maybe they bake yes. with or have those special right. moments of connection with right. so you've created right. this these Thank just you. delightful I'm looking at them I know that people at home can't see but if you were here looking at the table with us you'd see these colorful beautiful books that are just captivating I mean I just want to dive in they look so engaging and lovely so of course I know folks listening are 
as Michelle said at the beginning, looking for resources. Mm -hmm. And when we think about resources, I think sometimes we think about curricula or these sort of projects to kind of break open historical realities or present realities. And while those are, of course, important and have their place, especially in the lives of young children and the imaginations of young children, mm -hmm. nurturing what you're doing, what you've created such rich fodder for that imagination and that connection, it's that's this is where to start. And I want to read it, too. <laughs> it's not just my little ones. I want to read it. Oh, thank so thank you. So I want to just you. interject, too, that that you touched on so many things that Mandy and I are really, we know we're addressing with people. Mm -hmm. um, and something you said that I want to, you know, sort of bold italic a little bit, um, but I think we've, we want to always bear in mind, and Mandy and I talked last time about this March to Black History Month that starts mm -hmm. with MLK. Yeah. And with young children, the, the, there's so many powerful things about your books that it's pretty hard to narrow it down. You know, if tomorrow <laughs> yes. I'll say something else, and then the day after that I'll say something else. But something you said about your own ex your own lived experience and your own lack of seeing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I I feel that in in my heart um, as a little bit heartbreaking. And I also know that at the same time you were not seeing yourself, mm -hmm. white children weren't seeing you either. Yes. And that is also important. Yes. And, and I think what, for me, what I've seen in using your books, and that's been something wonderful for me to be able to actually use your books <laughs> in classrooms, yes. and to have students come up to me, African-American students who are studying to be teachers come up to me and say, you know, oh my gosh, mm. you know, I didn't know what that little baboom, baboom, baboom was in my heart that never felt right mm -hmm. until I heard her say that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so you, so you have two things happening there that I think are really important mm -hmm. because if you are a white parent mm -hmm. and you have access to these books, yes. make sure that your neighborhood school does too. Yes. So those are the kinds of simple little steps that we can take. We can listen to what you just said as white members of the Louisville community um, and recognize that when you didn't see yourself, we didn't see you either. And we grew up believing that most black people were either enslaved or in the civil rights movement, mm, right? Because right. that is who mm -hmm. we saw in books. That's who we saw. And we did see those yeah. people in books. Yes, yes. And so, yes. You, and then you went Absolutely. a little further and started diving into the topic of Africa as a continent mm -hmm. and, and South Africa specifically as mm -hmm. a place. Yes. And I think something we can that I was going to do anyway with our March to Black History mm -hmm. Month for white families. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, right. Because, right. right. again, we are not in the business of telling the black community of Louisville how to raise its children. That's right. Okay. No. Um, but what you said also was important for families because introducing your young children to mm -hmm. pictures of the African continent yes. in varied spaces and yeah. places and 
images, mm -hmm. when they get to school, unless things change dramatically between now and five years from now, yes. and I hope they do, yeah. I, will, I hold Thank out you. that hope, the first mm -hmm. thing they're going to hear about black people in this country is that they were enslaved. Mm. And that's actually not accurate. Right. <laughs> so what we can do at home mm -hmm. is we can say, look at that, look at those pictures we have on the wall, or look at those pictures we have back in mm -hmm. that book, or look at the stories in, mm -hmm. I know you've got some stuff about the continent of Africa in yes. some of your books. Yes. So um, yes. get these books in your home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but then you have built the boxes that young children need yes. to put that information in. Yep, that's right. And, you know, if yeah. I've heard the drumbeat, mm. right, then I know that this story of people being enslaved mm -hmm. is not the whole story, right? right? Mm -hmm. And it really matters that white families help their children understand mm -hmm. because otherwise every relationship they have with a black member of the community, yeah. that image yeah. of enslaved family, yeah is is there yes and we got enough stuff in our backpacks as you said <laughs> without yes. adding there are some things we yes. can take out of those we can make sure don't get in the backpack that's right yes. that's right right that's right so mandy and i have been talking a lot about you know families asking so what can we be doing yeah so here's another thing you can be doing mm -hmm. and one of the big suggestions i have for all families and teachers is that they introduce their children to the continent of Africa in the fullest way possible, yes. in the most honest way possible, yes. so that when those stories come, mm -hmm. they're not the whole story, yes. right? So I know I don't have to tell you that, um, but I think what you said, mm -hmm. now we've heard from you yes. what your experience was. Mm -hmm. And so we say to ourselves as white, grandmothers and mothers and fathers and so forth so oh my gosh what do we do about what she said yeah so those are some starts right they are yes yeah yes. these people yes also need to live in the imaginations as mandy so beautifully yes. put it and, of their children yes mm -hmm. and i think you know that that's a great segue into the bridge kids and african heritage family activity book also um, that um, I'm a oh. author of, and uh, oh, yeah, and so it's Felix Hayford Nyamidor, um, who is also he's in Ghana. He's also a one of the authors that we have illustrations by Nzinka Beverly Sweeney Shepherd, and this actually is a book um, that explores two characters in three different countries, two characters in Ghana, two characters in Kentucky, in the United States, oh. and then two characters in Brazil. So you get a chance to hear about, you know, just different imaginary stories, but they are based on fact of, of you know, what is it like to live in these countries? Um, what is it like to be a person of African heritage there? It's all across the diaspora. So we're, we have the African-American piece, we have the um, Afro-Brazilian piece, and we have the African, the African on the African continent story as well. They're all authentic stories. They have activities in there. Um, they have um, different coloring pages that you can color in. They all uh, represent the National Court Contents 
standards as well. So teachers, families, community leaders can use them in their facilities, in their homes. And it's just a great way to open up dialogue around like what is it like to live in these countries, the true stories. And, you know, yes. start talking about, you know, what are some narratives that what are you being taught in school about this particular country? Are you being taught about this country? What do you already know? You know, really asking some questions, um, you know, about uh, family structure and about traditions and about uh, what is it that you typically find in the community? Some uh, social justice advocates who are, you know, known throughout those three communities. So um, it's very important for us to have those dialogue. And like I said, you know, we, we it's great to start with books because they they open up that uncomfortable space um, to, you know, include different, you know, conversations that kids need. They want to have these conversations. They're waiting, but yeah. they're waiting to share their opinion. So we have to, <laughs> we know that they have an opinion to share and they're ready for it. So we have to be ready to, you know, start the conversation and to allow that space to, to manifest, you know, what they're going through in their schools when they're talking about, you know, somebody is talking about their skin complexion, talking about what they're wearing, making fun of them, teasing them. We need to have those conversations. That's an act of violence. Call it what it is. It is violence. It is a form of abuse. That's another way of saying it's a synonym. That's another way, you know, yeah. we can teach some words here. There are synonyms Absolutely. to this here. And so, you know, racism is a larger issue around hatred. And we don't have any space for hatred. We don't have, we don't have, um, that's not why we are designed as a community. As a community, we collaborate. We love one another. We appreciate, we build one another. Um, we don't compete and tear down and destroy people. Um, that's not why we were created. And so, you know, having those, those simple conversations around human interaction, you know, that is genuine, that is authentic, um, around those kind of relationships, I think is just so important. We could, I could listen to you all night. <laughs> like, I just don't want this to end. And yet we're here almost at the end. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, is there something you'd like to read to us? Yes. I before would love we wrap to up? read to you all. Yes. Thank I love you. to read. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh. I'm going to read from volume four. And it's one of my favorite um, stories because it includes three different characters from throughout the the series. So you'll and actually oh, it has images oh. um, in the book about uh, the community and different mm -hmm. people in the community, and you'll hear them as well. Um, but it's called Cousin Jellybean Tells a Story. Chapter eight. Cousin Jellybean tells a story. Jellybean and Big Mama live in the yellow house. Over the railroad tracks, deep down in the south, Jellybean loves to laugh, she says, in every kind of season. We never know what's coming, but there's always a reason. I want to tell a story about a baby girl. She was all alone in this big and loud world. The baby was ignored at home and kept away from people. Left to raise herself, neglect is illegal. The baby cried for hours and days, waiting for someone's help. Then in walked Wordsmith Holmes with the spirit of wealth. It was Homie, the homeless man, who rescued me from the storm. He placed his hat on my head and instantly I was warm. 
Flying in the midnight sky, his wings were broad and safe. We soared into the church house for reverend shout to pray. Homie flew me to the shelter, Billy's home of hope. There I got a meal, bath, socks, gloves, and a coat. Then off again we were, flying high to Gumbo Mose. His brother sang the blues while on the bayou boat. And just before daylight, before the rooster crowed, homie let down his wings to walk me down a country road. He stood in a flower bed and gently laid me in. And then from his bag, he grabbed paper and a pen. He placed a letter in my hand and words in my heart. He said, love lives forever, no matter where it starts. That morning, Big Mama heard a noise. It came right from her garden. She walked to her flower patch where she and baby bonded. Big Mama couldn't believe her eyes. Look at this beautiful child. Grown in my garden patch, she has the prettiest smile. Baby girl wiggled her toes. Big Mama held her hand. Baby girl birthed inside. Big Mama looked over the land. She said, you'll never be thrown away. My home is now our home. I'll be with you always. Like my garden, I'll watch you grow. Big Mama named her Jelly Bean. She was the plumpest baby. Eating from the berry jars, sitting in a bed of daisies. We can't forget her middle name, just like a tiny bean. She sprouted from the flower bed and branched into a team. Jelly Bean's wise for her age. She respects her elders. Her values come from Big Mama's traditions and homie's letter. Happiness is her purpose in every kind of season. Every day it's summer. It's Cousin Jelly Beans for that reason. The end. Oh, gosh. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh. And that story is about adoption. And mm -hmm. you have Homie the Homeless Man who's in the story. And he, like I said, he has that secret superpower where he can fly anywhere. And mm -hmm. he rescues people. And he uses his words to help people. And, uh, you know, he knows what it's like to be on his own. And so he saved this child named Jelly Bean. And in one of the other volumes, volume two, you, you hear Summer and Cousin Jelly Bean. So that's another story about how she has so much fun living with Grandma, living with Big Mama, and uh, just, you know, being a part of a family of support and a community of encouragement. And uh, I just want to be able to share these stories because, you know, there are just so many of those narratives that I'm missing. But we have to be honest about where we come from and we have to share these stories because our children are missing them. And, and they need to see that they, too, are important, that their lives are important, that they matter and that they have a story to tell. And they are not what they see in the news that's negative. That's not their family. That's not their community. That's not all of what our world is. We have a lot of beauty in our world. We have a lot to celebrate. And, um, you know, that's why I wanted to make these characters more so focused on everyday people who are heroes. So, mm -hmm. you know, your garbage man, he's a hero. You know, the June, the June bug, the school janitor, he's a hero because he turns the school into <laughs> magic. Yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of other characters, Uncle Chuckles Barbershop, an African-American man in the community who owns his own barbershop, and he's a hero, too. So thank you all so much for your time. Well, I'm, you're a I'm hero. So oh, my gosh. I mean, thank you thank for sharing you. your story. You all are heroes. Thank you. Thank you for just allowing me to be here and just to share my story. And I'm just thankful that I'm able to just get my stories out there to families everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yes, please look. Please take a look at our Facebook page. 
we have already been sharing excitedly <laughs> links to Titiana reading and more information about her publishing company and her books. Please take a look. We'll continue to share her resources so that you can provide these to your children, share their story, her stories with them. All right. All nice right. See you next time. Everybody. See you next time. Everybody <laughs> knows everything. Titiana taught us a lot tonight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>